Welcome to the Sunday Morning Message with Pastor Nick Stringer, brought to you from Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. Creekside Church, where the Spirit flows. Good morning, good morning, good morning. We are heading towards the end. Say good morning one more time. Good morning. We're heading towards the end of our uh, series here in the book of Proverbs. We're on message six, and today's message is titled, Knowing God and Finding Joy. We're going to be looking at Proverbs 16.20 and Proverbs 3.13, so you'll want to get there in your Bibles, and that's noted on your note sheet as well. And uh, today's message is bangle-themed, by the way, which I know will make a lot of you very happy. Up there on the screen, you'll see that's a chalkboard, and that was a chalkboard that I passed by at work, and they have these little shops at work and uh, where they serve coffee and other snacks, and somebody had written that on there, and it says, fill your day with joy, right? And so that sign on the chalkboard, it had those words written on it with a little coffee mug creatively drawn next to it and so a lot of us we associate joy with that morning cup of coffee right and you go down 74 and I think it's right before you get off St. Leon there's a big billboard sign and it says happiness right and next to it of course there's like a maybe a chili dog or a four-way I don't know but we equate skyline chili with happiness and so our culture has done a really good job of indoctrinating us into thinking we can't be happy or joyful unless we're eating or drinking right maybe that's why uh, we got a little bit of a weight problem in our country i don't know but uh we do uh, a lot of eating and drinking uh, to make ourselves happy and to bring joy in our lives and certainly i think a lot of that will be happening today and it's good you know to have occasions where you do those things but uh, there's much more to joy than coffee and cheese conies, right? And so happiness and joy are two different things, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And what we want to learn today is this, is that joy, true joy, is found in knowing God, okay? And so this is our challenge for the week. Find joy in the Lord, take time to talk to Him, read His Word, and place your trust in him okay so this is what solomon was teaching us here um he's teaching us this that god is the source of our joy and that the lord he wants us to have real and enduring joy not the kind of fleeting joy that the world offers but some type of joy that lasts and is demonstrated in a trying times so joy is a little bit different, and it's rooted in a relationship we have with Jesus Christ. Joy is deeply rooted peace and comfort that we have in our being, always with us, especially noticed in trying moments, right? And believers know this to be the Holy Spirit of God, given to those who trust the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the question is, if joy is found in knowing God, how do we know God? Okay? And I believe that the scriptures today tell us how. Look at Proverbs 16:20 what it says. Right there. 
1620 says this, he who gives attention to the word will find good. He who gives attention to the word will find good. So the word reveals God. And what does the word tell us? Word tells us that God is good. He who gives attention to the word will find good, okay? And so you remember that scene in the scriptures where this rich young man who had many possessions, he comes up to Jesus and he says, good teacher, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him, why are you calling me good? Only God is good. And so Jesus was using his words back on him as to say, are you calling me God? Are you calling me Lord? And so Jesus absolutely is the Lord God, and he absolutely is good all the time. And those who give attention to the word of God will find good. Now, that young man up there on the screen that you see, that is Evan McPherson, and he has that golden right leg, right, that kicks those footballs through the uprights. Well, after one of the most recent Bengals wins, he was giving an interview, and many of you know this because you came up to me and you said, did you see his T-shirt, right? And on his T-shirt during the interview, it said, God is good, right? And then he went on to quote a verse in Scripture during his interview, and he said this, God is good, Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And you know, the word, not only does it teach us that God is good and teaches us how to know God, but it reminds us that God is good. And you know, we forget, don't we? You know, my daughter came up to me earlier in the week and she said, Dad, can you help me with this chemistry? And I said, no, honey, I'm sorry, I cannot. Why not? Because... I don't know how to do it. I, I used to know how to do it, and then I forgot it. And I said, well, you know what? There's something I can do. I said, I have a notebook <laughs> at work that I can bring home, and I took these notes 20 years ago, and I, so I, and I still have it because I need it from time to time, and I brought the notes home, and I gave them to Savannah, and I don't know if she was able to use them or not, but I kept those notes because I refer back to them from time to time. And why do I do that? To refresh me, to remind me, to retrain and reteach myself something that I need to know how to do, right? And we can do this with anything. We don't necessarily need to know the information. We need to know where to find it sometimes, right? Because our brain can only hold so much information. That's what the Bible does. The Bible is the place where we go back to and we learn who God is. What do these words teach us about this creator who created us wonderfully and perfectly and genuinely with a loving and compassionate heart? What does the word say about God? And this is what the word has to say about God. Titus 1-2 says, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised long ages ago. Malachi 3, 6 says this, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. God cannot lie, and God does not change. 
Why is that important to know? Because we live in a world where everyone is lying to us. Right? We are in a vicious cycle of constant lying and misinformation and all kinds of conspiracy theories, right? And propaganda. Don't we live in a culture like that? The world is filled with that. People lying all the time and people changing all the time. And here we have a God that does not change. He is good yesterday, today, and forever. And he will not deviate from that. And that is a source of great comfort for us in a world that is often changing. You know, the scripture says to avoid those who are given over to change. There are some people who want change just for the sake of change, right? And so scripture warns us, hey, not all change is good change, right? And so we want to be careful with that. But the word reminds us who God is and what it reveals about him. And so the word also brings us clarity. Knowing God is a great source of joy, but having clarity from the word is a great source of joy also. Look what it says there on the board in 119.105 of the book of Psalms. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Last Sunday, I drove into here and the moonlight reflected off the snow and it just Everything was like a big glow. And I was able to easily see the roads on my way into here last Sunday morning. And that's exactly what the word of God does too. It gives us wisdom. It brings clarity to our lives. It brings us back to center in a world and a culture with misinformation and lying and propaganda, it lets us know there is a source of concrete truth. There is absolute truth in the world. World is, or truth is not subjective, right? Your truth and my truth aren't different truths. There's one truth. That means somebody's wrong, okay? Somebody's wrong. Okay, there's one truth, and that truth is the word of God, and it brings clarity to us. So giving attention to the word, it reveals God, it brings clarity to us, and that is a great source of joy. And then how else can we know God? Well, we trust in the Lord. Go back to the Bible in verse 16, 20 in the book of Proverbs, and look what it says. He who gives attention to the word will find good and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. That word blessed, that literally means in the Hebrew, happiness. Okay, I know it's more than just skyline. But being blessed comes from trusting in the Lord and trusting God brings blessing now that young man that you see up there that is Bengals defensive end Trey Hendrickson okay very young man 27 years old and I did not know but he is a very devout born-again Christian deep root deeply rooted in his faith okay and he he had this comment to say after a game uh, one day 
And, you know, Trey Hendrickson, he went through some tough times. He came over from the New Orleans Saints, and he went through a period of time where his, he questioned his ability. Um, he was hurt, and so he wasn't playing as much. In fact, he wasn't a starter at one point in time. Uh, so he was going through some difficult times. And, you know, when we're going through difficult times, we need to trust the Lord. And it's not easy, but we've got to do it. And trusting God isn't always easy because it requires waiting. And you know how difficult waiting can be, right? But sometimes we have to when it comes to issues of our health and our career and issues of our finances. We go through difficult times, and so we're forced to trust in the Lord. This is what Trey Hendrickson said. Good things happen when you keep the faith. Keep moving forward. Never doubt yourself. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Everything is coming together off the field, so it's coming together on the field. Okay? Words of wisdom from a young man who just happens to play football on a team that's going to be in the Super Bowl today. So Trey Hendrickson there. And look what the word says in Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. That message is a very encouraging message. And that is a message that Satan does not want you to hear. And I believe there's two things that are happening right now uh, why money, and I talked about cryptocurrency earlier about why money is going all digital, and it's heading that way, folks. But here's the thing, you know, uh, first of all, it's going to uh, all go on digital because it's going to be a nice avenue for <clears throat> the Antichrist to be able to determine who can buy and sell, right? Book of Revelation speaks vividly about that. But then also, if you were to pull out a coin, or you pull out a dollar bill, what's it say right there? It says, in God, we trust, right? Satan does not want you to see that. He does not want you to pull that money out to look at that and be reminded that you can trust God. In fact, he wants that message wiped clean. He wants to get rid of it. So what do we got to do? We got to make money digital. We can't have you carrying things around in your pocket to remind you to trust God. No, we got to get rid of that, right? And we're going to do it all in the name of your safety, right? Touching that money, it just spreads too many germs. You can't have that. We got to get rid of that, right? Because we got everybody so scared to death right now. It's time to turn a corner, folks. It is time to turn a corner, right? We cannot live in fear. We know what's out there. We are all adults everybody that leaves a house is fully aware of what is out there and what's going on and is perfectly capable of making their own decisions right satan doesn't want you to think that satan wants to keep you down keep you depressed get rid of that money in your pocket make it all digital you can't be reminded that you trust god right and so Satan, he does a good job of that. And so we got to be careful. Now listen to this. Trusting God provides a refuge. You know, it's a good feeling when you get protection from something that you feel is going to cause you harm or danger, isn't it? It's a good feeling, 
a good feeling to be safe. You know, in the middle of the night, oh, Dexter, who last time I think I brought his name, he was like this big, and now he's like this big, right? Great name. He does a good job of coming in. He'll come in the bedroom, and he won't, he won't make a noise. He'll just come in, and I'll notice the door open, and then he'll calmly walk to the back door, and I'll let him out. But then on these cold nights, he won't even beg to get back in. He'll just go to the front porch, and he'll snuggle up in his little bed, and he'll just stay there. But in that little bed, he feels safe, and he feels warm and protected, right? And so you and I, we need a place like that too, and the Lord is our place of refuge. No matter what's happening in our lives, God provides refuge for us. In the Old Testament, the Lord commanded the ancient Israelites to have what is called cities of refuge. There were 48 cities of refuge in the land of Israel. And so he established these cities of refuge for someone who accidentally had killed someone that they could flee to and not be sought after by their avenger. Now, the Old Testament lays out the law perfectly clear to the ancient Israelites. If you murdered someone, you were to be stoned to death. Well, in order to show mercy on those who accidentally maybe had killed someone, the Lord established these cities of refuge where they could flee, not have to worry about an avenger, avenger taking, not an avenger, right? Not Captain America, but an avenger upon them so that they could wait trial, right? It was a refuge. It was a place that they could go for protection, okay? And so God offered these to the people. And, you know, he has also offered us a refuge for our soul. You know, your soul is the most important thing that you have. There is nothing you possess that is more important than your soul. The soul your soul is the only thing you're going to have for eternity. And it's the most important thing that you have. And the Lord provided a refuge for your soul. The Lord gave your soul a resting place. He said, come to me, you who are weary and laden with all kind of burdens. Come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and find refuge for your soul. Come to me and find protection from your soul. For there is an enemy out there who is wanting to take your soul from you, who is wanting to send your soul to a destructive place along with him. But I, the Lord, I love you. And I don't want you to give your soul away. I want you to protect your soul. I want you to seek refuge for it. Give it to me. Trust in me. I'm the Lord and God who loves you, who created you, who has everything that you need. Bring your soul to this place of refuge. Second Samuel 22.3 says, In my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you save me from violence. Knowing God and paying attention to his word, trusting him, those are all sources of joy. And so that's how we get to know God, right? The more you know someone, 
the more you can trust them. And so paying attention to the word helps us to trust God more. So knowing and trusting God brings us joy. Okay? Now, we, when we know and trust God, he also gives us two things in order to sustain our joy. He doesn't want that joy to go away. Hey, you know God. You've become a Christian. You've asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. You're born again. You've been given the Holy Spirit. You've been baptized into the Lord, right? You follow his command. It said, the first thing I want you to do after you trust me is to be baptized, right? And so we have these two ordinances that he's given us, baptism and the Lord's Supper, right? And so we trust God. But and sometimes our joy wants to go away. Sometimes we have to fight to hold on to our joy. Sometimes we have sin in our life that steals our joy. You know, uh, if you're in our Bible study right now in Sunday mornings, you know we have discussed this about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? So you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, but sometimes you don't feel like you've got the Spirit of God living inside of you. It's because we have sin in our lives that we're continuing to partake in, and so we're not being filled with the Spirit. In order to be filled with the Spirit, we have to sin less. We have to get rid of the sin in our lives so that the Spirit can fill us more, right? And so that's a good study there, and that's exactly what this is saying too is that in order to sustain that joy, we have to use wisdom and understanding in order to help us use the knowledge and the learning that we have to make good decisions, okay? So God gives us wisdom and understanding to help us to sustain our joy. Go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13, and this is what it says. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Now, again, that word blessed means happiness. So God gives us wisdom and joy to sustain our joy. And we want wisdom. Look, everybody wants wisdom, right? Look what it says in Genesis 3, 6. If we go all the way back to the beginning and we go all the way to the garden, to the beginning of Scripture, you know, we're in this mess in the first place because we desired wisdom, right? But sometimes we make decisions that are unwise trying to get wisdom and we get ourselves into trouble. Listen to this. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate and she gave also to her husband with her and he ate right and so we make decisions that we think are wise but they end up biting us in the rear end right william shakespeare said this the fool does what he thinks is wise but the wise man knows himself to be a fool right it's kind of like that what is it that dunning kugler effect there where people who know very little are usually the most outspoken right and ignorant they don't know much but they think they know a lot but those who know a what they don't know tend to be more quiet and reserved about what they don't know. You know, when you know what you don't know, it's a very humbling thing. When you have an understanding, wow, there's a, there's a lot to learn, there's a lot to know, I know I don't know, you know. And so uh, <clears throat> wisdom and understanding give us the ability to see things that way. Now, what exactly is wisdom, right? 
Wisdom is how we use information. Uh, this is a point I want you to catch right here, okay? So the Bible, it gives us the ability to use information to make good decisions. Okay, but listen to this. Knowledge is learning new information, right? You learn something new, you're knowledgeable. Now, understanding is the ability to comprehend what you just learned, okay? I learned something new, and I understand it. I comprehend it. Now, wisdom is unique. Wisdom is applying what you know to make good decisions, okay? Wisdom is applying what you know to make good decisions. Now, you see that man up there on the board, and you all know him. That's Joe Burrow, right? Quarterback of the Bengals. Now, they say one of the things that makes him special is his God-given ability to process information quickly. They say that when he is under center, he can read and analyze the defenses. They say because of the time he puts in to prepare and because he is a very intelligent man, that he can see the defenses, he can read the coverages, he can see who's coming in for the blitz, he can see if they're disguising the coverage, and he can process all this information very quickly so that when the ball is given to him and he drops back, he can make a good calculated decision. And that's exactly what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to make good calculated decisions, not make decisions in haste. Okay, And so we take what the Bible teaches us, we give attention to the word, and we make decisions based upon the word of God. Okay, And so that is how we have wisdom. And when we do this, these are the types of things that sustain our joy. You and I can have joy. Now, it doesn't mean happiness how you might think you know happiness is a an emotion that comes and goes you know sometimes i feel happy sometimes i don't but even in the times when i don't feel happy i have joy why because i have a deeply rooted comfort peace and assurance of knowing that god is with me god is in control and god has given me his word to help me to make wise decisions to be like Joe Burrow and to be able to see what's coming down the road. To analyze a situation that's happening, right? And to process what I've learned through scripture into making a wise choice. And so the Lord wants us to be able to do that. And so what does he give us? He gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth look what it says up there john 16 13 but when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth and that's god living in us you know god doesn't just set us out into this world to be aloof and to just wander off aimlessly into any direction that our emotion wants to take us right we shouldn't let our emotions take us away from good discipline, right? We've got to trust the process, as the football players say. They put in the work, they study the film, and then they trust it out there on the field. And we need to do the same thing. We've got to trust our study, trust our word, trust our uh, fellowship with one another, bouncing things off of each other, 
This is what I'm going through. This is what's happening right now. I'm angry because of this, right? And we have the word of God to help us sort through those types of things. And the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. He will not leave us nor forsake us. He will not leave us wandering around in the desert, but he gives us that spirit. He sets up residence within our heart. and He says, here I am. Call upon me. Go into my word and be reminded of who I am and what I can do. So we thank the Lord for giving us his Holy Spirit. Would you bow your heads for a word of prayer, please? Father God in heaven, we want to thank you, Lord God, that you have not left us to wander around on our own, but that you have given us the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. Father, that your word brings clarity to us. It reminds us who you are, what you have done for us, and what you will do, what you promise to bring us in the future, and what you have saved us from. For, Father, it's impossible to go on through this world, into this world, without being reminded on a daily basis of who you are. There's just too much there. Father, we thank you for being that safe refuge for being that place that we can go to, for being that one that we can trust. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for giving us wisdom and understanding that our joy in you would be sustained. Father, I know that Satan is trying to steal it. Every day he's working hard to try and take it away from us. But Father, you give us wisdom and understanding to help us keep it, to help us find our peace and our comfort in knowing you and knowing that you have our best interest at heart. Father, we thank you and love you with an everlasting love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sunday message by Pastor Nick Stringer at Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. For more information, you can go to www.creekside-church.org and find us on the website. Once again, You've been listening to the Sunday Message with Pastor Nick Stringer.